In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, one God, Amen. We uh, began um, our series last week on anger. Uh, and uh, in very short, uh, we kind of defined anger with very layman's terms, uh, not a dictionary definition, but a more practical definition. Um, we all agreed that anger is this reflex, intense emotion which arises from within us. Um, and uh, to obliterate or remove or, or, uh, or, 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 or take away any obstacle that stands between us and a desired goal or something we believe that, um, that we're entitled to. And so really the root of anger is entitlement. Um, uh, or hurt, and we talked a little bit about that last week. You can catch it uh, if you missed it uh, on our, our, our YouTube uh, channel, and there will be a separate playlist for this series. What are the kinds of things we say when we get angry? Right? When I get angry, I'll find myself saying, well, I'm not, never going to talk to that person again. I'm going to block that person on social media. I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to cut that person off or... Or, uh, you know, I'm not going to initiate. You know, that person called, I'm, I'm a civil, I'm a polite person, okay? I'm a civilized person. So if that person reaches out to me, I, I will answer politely. But, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm not going to initiate, right? That person is blocked. That person is out of my life, right? And uh, I don't know about you, um, but last week I shared... Uh, some very vulnerable stories from my life about anger, outbursts of wrath that I've had to share with you that, that we're all subject to these things. You know, and last week we talked about the faces of anger, irritation, frustration, annoyance. They're all rooted in the same thing. They're all rooted in the same thing. But then we find Jesus saying to us, you know, in the, in, 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 in the Sermon on the Mount, we find Jesus saying to us that whoever, this is Matthew 5, whoever is angry with his brother without cause shall be in danger of judgment. And whoever says to his brother, Raka, which is like, you like, worthless one, right, shall be in danger of the council. And whoever says you fool will be in danger of hellfire. Hellfire, Jesus? Really? Like, are you serious? Isn't that a little bit exaggerated? Who doesn't get angry? Who doesn't get upset? Who doesn't get frustrated? Who doesn't get irritated? Who doesn't get, who doesn't honk their horn once or twice when they're in traffic? Who doesn't get annoyed when somebody cuts them off senselessly? Who doesn't, who doesn't, who doesn't, who isn't subject to these things? Really? In danger of hellfire? Jesus, aren't you kind of exaggerating? No, no, he's not. Or maybe you're being too harsh. Jesus, maybe you're being too, too hard on us. You know, maybe you know, Jesus, you should take it easy on us. You know, we're all beginners here, you know, step by step, right? Jesus is not proclaiming a harsh judgment on you or on me. Jesus is telling us the natural spiritual laws that when I get angry, I cut myself off from my neighbor. When I get angry, I wish somehow that this person who has come in the way between me and that which I desire, that person would cease to exist. The whole creation work of God is to bring out of non-existence into existence. And now, I want to do the opposite. I want to bring this person who is in existence out of existence. At least for me, 
He can continue to exist on in his own universe, but not in mine. Right? There's a word for that. There's a word for that. And when I say it, you're going to think I'm even more extreme than Jesus. Right? It's called murder. And that's our topic for our, our today is that anger is, is murder. Now, I might not want to, you know, see blood, you know, to see this person's blood, but I certainly don't want to see them ever again. I want them out of my life. I want them good as dead to me, right? That's murder, right? So why is that hellfire? I'll tell you. I'll tell you. Think about this for a second. There's a 2013, I believe, or 2014, I haven't been able to find it again recently, National Post survey that where 90% of Torontonians self-reported as lonely. This was before the pandemic. 90% self-report. This isn't somebody else telling you. This is people saying on surveys, I am lonely. Ever think about that? This is the most densely populated person area space in Canada, per capita, per head, this is the most densely populated place. One-fifth or more of, the world, of, of Canada's population lives in the GTA. And yet, this one-fifth of Canada's population, 90% are lonely. Why? People are walking by each other. There's lineups to get into certain things, the subway and, you know, bus stations, tram stations, this, that, on, on, a busy, on a busy day during the rush hour and this and that. There's tons of people. In the summer, oh my goodness, have you been on the subway and it's sweaty and it's hot and, you know, and it's like claustrophobic sometimes, right? But people are lonely. How come? Because... The cure for loneliness is not the presence of other people. In fact, sometimes when we feel the most lonely, it's exacerbated by the fact that there are happy people all around us and I'm not one of them, right? What, what is it that makes us feel lonely? It's the lack of meaningful connection. Not the lack of connection. You all are very successful people, hardworking, school and work and this and that. You communicate with, with you know, two, three, four, five dozen people a day different people a day, all of you, I know you, right? You're, you're communicating with people, but none of it is meaningful to you. It's the lack of meaningful connection that makes us feel lonely. What's another word for that? What's the church's word for that? The church's word for that is communion. The church of that word for that is communion. A 19th century novelist and Russian writer, Dostoevsky, writes that he believes hell to be the inability to love. Hell is the inability to love. He gives a picture of it, you know, he, you know, to help us imagine it. He says it's like being chained back to back to another person to converse with them for all eternity, but never to be able to see them face to face. Never to be able to have a face to face relationship with them. It's all virtual. Imagine if life became entirely virtual forever. Dostoevsky didn't use those words. He was in the 19th century, but he defines that as hell, as hell. Isn't that, isn't that what murder is? To cut, I cut you off today. Tomorrow I might cut you off. Day after I might cut you off. I'm cutting off all these, and then I find myself 
alone. It is hell. It is hell. What is the opposite? To build and invest in those meaningful connections. What's the church's word for connection? Communion. And that leads us to our next point, the Eucharist. If I am truly a Eucharistic being, like if I am truly a person who is in communion with Christ and with the rest of the body of Christ, then when I murder my neighbor in anger, in my heart, in my mind, when I murder my neighbor in anger, when I cut him or her off, who am I actually murdering? Myself. I'm like self-amputating. Like we're all members of the body of Christ. You're an arm, you're a leg, you're a finger, you're an eye, you're an ear, you're this, you're that, right? So when, when this hand gets angry at this hand, so angry it wants to murder it and it cuts it off. What am I doing? I'm like dismembering the, the body of Christ. The verb for chopping off people's bits and, bits and bobs is called dismembering. Saint Jacob, the, um, the he, he 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 has various different terms because they're all they all sound so so uh, so 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 difficult to say. He he was they cut off one joint of his a day in the hopes to get him to recant one a day one a day one a day, you know to get him to, to, to renounce his faith, never let go of his faith. Jesus healed him many times, which drove the governor and the king crazy. He was they cut off his arm yesterday, he comes back with both arms, and they, just, they don't know what to do with him, you know? And don't feel like I'm being hard on you or hard on me. It's the first sin in the Bible, right? It's the first sin in the story of humanity right after Adam and Eve. What happens right after Adam and Eve? You get Cain and Abel. They offer a sacrifice, right? God smiles on Abel's sacrifice, but Cain's sacrifice was a sacrifice of convenience. God doesn't bless it. What does Cain do? He doesn't get angry at himself. He doesn't get angry with God. He gets angry at Abel. And what does he do? He murders him. He murders him. You see, you and I, we don't have to murder people because we have other options. If I'm angry with you, and that's it. I cut you off. I can, I can go talk to you. I don't have to talk to you. I can talk to you. But Cain, the only one who was there, was Abel. We find in these Genesis stories so much truth because they're revealing to us the truth un, you know, un, uncovered. You know, in war, in war... When uh, somebody, uh, you know, it's like a landmine goes off, a tree falls, and a guy's trapped under it. You know, one le his leg is trapped under it, and he can hear the enemy coming, and, and his friends are trying to pull him out from under the tree. And he says, no, you guys go, save yourselves, save yourselves, right? And then, you know, and he happens to have like a knife or something, you know? And he has the option between to auto-amputate, to, auto to, to cut off his own leg, and try to crawl into hiding, or to be found and shot dead for sure. They say most people are just not capable of doing such a traumatic thing as cutting off one of their own members. We can't do it. Very few people, very few people can do something like that. I remember when I was a trauma surgeon, I got, I got, I got called 
by the, the emergency services because a guy had jumped in front of the, under the SkyTrain, this was in Vancouver, and he was stuck and he was aspirating, you know, and they couldn't intubate him under the, and they wanted me to walk them through on the phone how to amputate this guy's leg so that they could pull him out, secure his airway, save his life. I couldn't do it. I couldn't, I've, I've done lots of amputations, but I couldn't, I couldn't, this guy's awake and choking. I couldn't, I, I'm like, I, I just couldn't get my, my head screwed on straight to, to explain to these people how to chop this guy's leg off so they could get him out from under the train. He survived, by the way. Ah, gruesome stuff. Isn't this, isn't this, isn't this getting, this, is the, this, this took like a rated R version, like real quick, right? <laughs> real quick, we were going spiritual, and all of a sudden we got into like, you know, Halloween on steroids here, right? You know, what happened? What happened, right? Then this guy's all sounds so crazy, chopping off arms and legs, right? Isn't that what we do, though? Isn't that what we do? Sorry to be so grotesque. Sorry to be so rude. But isn't that, isn't that what my anger is? You know it, and your soul knows it. And so this is the next point, is that anger is so painful, not to the person I cut off. You were rude to me yesterday. I've been stewing about it all night. The next morning I wake up and say, I'm never talking to that person again. I cut them off. You don't know the better. You're sipping your coffee, having your croissant. You don't, you don't know the half of it. You don't even know that you don't even remember that you were rude to me yesterday. But I've been stewing in it all night and my anger has bubbled over in the morning and now I've murdered you. Who is that painful to? The guy sipping his coffee because, and eating his croissant and, you know, no, to you. Who is suffering? Who is suffering from my own anger? Me. And my soul suffers deeply, suffers deeply from this traumatic event. And so, what happens oftentimes after we get very angry is we self-medicate. It's too painful for us to bear. And so what do we do? We self-medicate. What do we self-medicate with, right? We don't, we don't go to the, to the physician so he can medicate us, heal our wounds properly. No, we self-medicate. What do we self-medicate with? We self-medicate with maybe a little bit of lust, you know, get a dopamine hit, make me feel a little bit better, or maybe I'll just eat my pain away, you know, right? Gluttony, right? Or I'll sleep it off, right? Sloth, or, you know, shopping therapy, materialism. The fathers teach us these four, these four passions are almost secondary. They're almost second, almost all the time, they're secondary to some deep pain in my soul. We don't wake up lustful or gluttonous or, or, or slothful. Or, it's, it, there's, there's a reason behind it. We are built to live. We love life and the fullness of it. So why would I want to sleep after having slept 10 hours and I still don't want to get out of bed? Remember yesterday I said they were, this whole series on anger, we're not talking like, we're not talking, we're talking about your garden variety anger, okay? We're not talking about, um, you know, mental illnesses that are associated with anger. We're not talking about, here. and then when I'm talking about sloth, I'm not talking about depression. You know, last week I made it very clear that we're not talking about domestic violence or other forms of abuse. We're talking about your garden variety of anger that 80% of us are subject to, you know, myself first and foremost and in included in that. So we self-medicate 
to take the pain away, right? St. Paul tells us in 1 Corinthians 6, and when St. Paul says this, I think we all find it a little bit of a, a hard pill to swallow, you know? He says to us, I can't believe you guys, he says to the Corinthians. You're, 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 you're suing each other. You're going to court in front of a non-Christian judge. He goes, what madness? Why don't you just forgive each other? He goes, so what? I love what he says. He says, why do you not rather accept wrong? Why do you not rather let yourself be cheated? Let yourself be cheated. For the, for the peace of the church, yes. For the peace of your neighbor, maybe. But more than all of that, for whose peace? Your own. Your own. So he was rude to me. So what? Am I better than Jesus? They were rude to him. Am I better than Jesus? He was spat upon. He was crucified, naked, shamed, beaten, flogged. Last week we talked about how he didn't hold on to his right as God, but he willingly gave it up. He willingly gave it up for you and for me. So what? So what? Not for the peace of the church. Not for the peace of, uh, of, of your friend circle. Not because of this or because of that. But how about for your own peace? You and I consider just letting it go. Just letting it go. It's not worth it to me. It's not worth it to me, the deep pain that I will cause myself. We talked about Cain and Abel from the book of Genesis. Now let's talk about the beginnings of the church from the book of Acts. St. Stephen, the first martyr, being stoned to death. Stoned to death. People have been rude to me. People have been disrespectful to me. People have taken my things and not returned them. People have taken th my things and broken them and returned them broken. People have done all kinds of things. Nobody's tried to stone me to death yet. Yet. Maybe the, maybe the end of the sermon will end with my stoning. Who knows? But, but St. Stephen, look, he had got Cain and Abel at the beginning. Cain kills Abel. And then he's alone for the rest of his life. Gets angry, kills Abel, he's alone for the rest of his life. You have St. Stephen, who is the chief deacon, who's in charge of serving the widows and the, the, the poor in the Christian community, gives his, his defense and his testimony, ends it, he ends with getting stoned. What are his last words? Lord, do not charge them with this sin. It says, he looked up to heaven, he saw the Son of Man in all of his glory, and the angels... And he cried out with a loud voice, Lord, do not charge them with this sin. Wow. Wow. Not an ounce of anger. Not an ounce of entitlement. Not an ounce of mine, mine, mine in that man. And you and I can be the same. And you and I can be the same. The same heaven which was open to St. Stephen, the same Son of Man sitting on the throne, the same angels are present and available for you and for me. So it's time. It's time for your own sake, for my own sake, John. It's time to just stop the anger. Stop the murder. Stop the pain. Stop hurting yourself. Start to live.
Start to live. Okay, but how? But how? The secret is this. God gave us anger. We talked about this last week. You can listen to last week's talk. I don't want to go on too long, right? God gave us anger for a reason. Use it. Use anger. Get angry for the reason that God gave you anger. Get angry not with your neighbor, not with your brother, not with God's creation, that which God has created. Get angry with the thing that comes in the way between you and the Son of Man and the angels and the revelation that Stephen saw. Stephen sees, I don't see. Stephen sees, I don't see. Why don't I see? Because there's some obstacles there's some obstacles in the way. There's some, there's some stuff that's blocking my vision. Get angry with that. Get angry with that. And remove it. Obliterate it. You want me to say it? Murder it. Murder it. Take it away. What stands? What's the plank in my eye which is preventing me from seeing clearly? Ah, what? Myself. Myself. My ego. My sense of pride and honor and dignity. How dare that person say that to me? Next time, next time I get angry with somebody, stop. Don't get angry with that person. That person, the fathers tell us, so many of the fathers tell us this. I start listing, I'll be here for 30 seconds listing names. All of them tell us this. That person is not your enemy. That person is your physician. That person is your diagnostician. That person was rude to me. So what? So what? People are polite. People are rude. Maybe he's having a bad day. Maybe this, maybe he didn't mean it. Maybe you misread it. Maybe you misunderstood. Maybe, maybe a million things. But forget about that. John, why did you get angry? Why did that upset you? With no shame, no blame, no guilt. Well, i got to agree about this. I hate shame, blame, and guilt. Useless, demonic, they're from the devil. No shame, blame, and guilt here, okay? We're not going to say, because you're a bad boy, John, that's why you got upset. That's why you couldn't just take it. St. Stephen could take it. Jesus could take it. But you're just bad. So, no, 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 no. That's not useful, okay? That's childish and foolish, okay? No. Why? That guy was rude to you. You couldn't take it. You had to answer back. You, you, couldn't just, you couldn't just be like Jesus or be like St. Stephen. Why? You know, the reason isn't because you're a bad person. The reason is more likely to be, and every person has their own story, so I am not your diagnostician. The people who irritate you are. But the reason is more likely to be like something like, that person made me feel small. And guess what? I believe I'm small. That person made me feel disrespected. And guess what? I feel that I'm not worthy of respect. That person made me feel unloved. And guess what? I don't feel that I'm worthy. I don't believe that I'm worthy of love. So that person who irritated me came and they stuck their salty finger in the wound, right? And so it's just a finger, but it made me have a reaction. Why? Because they didn't, they didn't just stick their finger somewhere. They stuck it in the wound. There's a wound there that Jesus wants to heal. Take it to Jesus. Pause. Ask yourself, why did that person, why, why couldn't I take it from that person? 
and, the whole, and ask God and ask the Holy Spirit and he will reveal to you inside. Oh, there's, because John, you already believe that you're not worthy of respect. So that person's very menial disrespect generated from you a huge reaction. Ah, oh, why don't I believe that I'm worthy of respect? Maybe it's true. Maybe I'm not worthy of respect. Take it to Jesus. Take it to scripture. Take it to your prayers. Take it to the Lord. Ask him, Lord, tell me the truth. Am I worthy to be respected by others or not? What do you think, Lord? Read. Let him speak to you words that will heal the wound inside and heal you. The next person will come, not disrespect you, will spit in your face, and you'll say, poor guy, poor guy. Somebody said this to me once, and it was so healing for me. Maybe I'll share it with you. Somebody was mean to me, and I mentioned it to, to, to one of my mentors. And I said to him, this person was mean to me, and I don't know why I can't get over it. He said to me, he didn't mean to say this to me. He just said it as an off comment, you know. He said, poor guy, that is really mean. I said, poor guy, poor me, right? And he said, no, he said that to you once. All of us have this constant dialogue going on in our heads with ourselves, you know. What he said to you once is probably something he's very familiar with saying. It's probably something he says to himself a thousand times a day. You know the meanness that you got a taste of? He's doing that to himself all day long. Poor guy. Lord, may you teach us all a little bit of kindness so that we can be kind to others and kind to ourselves. Wow. When my, one of my mentors, when I heard him say that, it healed me. It healed me. I say that all the time now. Whenever people behave off color a little bit, whenever people behave a little bit, a little bit, you know, unpleasantly, think to myself, or say things that are a bit unpleasant, I think to myself, man, my heart gets filled with compassion for them. It's time for you and for me now to stop, to stop the anger, to stop the murder, to stop hurting ourselves, forget about others, to stop hurting ourselves, and to replace it with a little bit of prayer, a little bit of introspection and asking Christ, why does this bother me? And receive from him his healing, a little bit of compassion for our neighbor, because whatever it is that's, whatever it is that's making him behave that way is painful for them too. It's painful for him too, whether he knows it or not. Now you might be listening to this and you might have a very deep hurt, and I feel you. I feel I don't know what you're hurting from and I don't know what's going on in your life and I don't know all your whole life story, but I feel you, I feel you. And you might be telling me, but Abuna, my anger is justified. And that's what we'll talk about next week. Glory be to God forever and ever.